1: Is it, are we whispering the shows now? It's the ASMR show. Oh, oh that's the
0: word. Oh. <laughs> even that's I, yeah. I, even I, I'm uncomfortable. I hear that every show anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Dark Poutine. I'm Mike Brown, creator and host. With me, as usual, is my good friend and co-host Scott Hemingway. Say hello, Scott. What's poppin', y'all? Yo? Are you poppin' and lockin'? <laughs> you tell me. Am I? That's apparently what you're doing, but let's just say the rhythm ain't going to get you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I got Moosley Jagger. The views, information, and opinions expressed during the Dark Poutine podcast are solely those of the producer and do not necessarily represent those of Curious Cast, its affiliate Global News, nor their parent company, Chorus Entertainment. Dark Poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Listener discretion is strongly advised. We're not experts on the topics we present, nor are we journalists. We're two ordinary Canadians chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Put on your toque, grab yourself a double-double and a Nanaimo bar. It's time to scarf down some dark poutine. (laughs) Poutine. Could really use a double-double. <laughs> I know, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> but I always can. I always want coffee. This is episode 79. What? Right? That's 10 more than 69. <laughs> T. Came home with the CrimeCon crud. So if my voice sounds a little nasally this week, that's why. Crime CrimeCud. CrimeCon crud. It, it made me seek. And it now- made Carol seek.
1: Now, like you were saying, like a whole bunch of people got it, and I don't. So uh, now I'm just like, oh god, is it going to hit me at any
0: second? Now you're
1: patient zero. Pa- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Hey, enjoy the Ebola.
0: And did you see the biggest Ebola outbreak ever no, on the planet?
1: It was. It was the second.
0: Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So eh, only imp- the not, second not largest. Impre- <laughs> not impressed. Not impressed.
1: Yeah. No, I did. I, I saw somebody tagged me in that
0: uh, that article, and. Uh, people need to be scared more about this shit man on with the show in the early morning of june 20th 2009 17 year old jody henrickson was last seen in the company of her ex-boyfriend gavin arnott near miller's landing on beautiful bowen island bc gavin admitted that the two had been arguing on the side of the road and then had gone their separate ways Gavin claims this was the last time he'd seen Jody and denies having any part in her disappearance. Hmm. Where is Jodi Henriksen? Da, da, da. It's exactly ten years later, and she's still missing, gone without a trace. But that does not mean the case is closed, far from it. In February of 2011, nearly two years after Jody went missing, IHIT, or the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, took over the case of the missing Squamish teen. They suspect that Jody Hendrickson met with foul play and the disappearance is now an open homicide investigation.
1: As we know from my personal experience, just because something isn't resolved doesn't mean the police aren't diligently
0: working on it. That's correct. Investigators in Jody's family believe that someone has information about what has become of Jody, who would now be 27 years old. Many believe that Jody Henriksen's body has been secreted and still lies buried somewhere on Bowen Island. Jody's ex-boyfriend, Gavin Arnott, has been the only one named publicly as a person of interest in this case. He has never been charged with any crime regarding Jody Henriksen's disappearance, nor has anyone else. So that's interesting because, um, you know, I want to make sure in, in my capacity
1: that I'm respecting the fact that he's never been charged. There you go. You know, because
0: it, it's... But we have to tell his story Yeah, because he was the last person known to have seen Jody. So it's impossible to separate the two. Exactly. Ig- exactly. Yeah. But, you know, we have to also respect the
1: fact that the uh, person of interest, sure, but... Not, not charged, not convicted, exactly. and, uh, you know, if has nothing to do with it, that would be a very
0: terrible thing for us to accuse him of. Exactly. So we're not doing that. All the information we're providing is easily attainable through simple Google searches, and we'll also provide links to sources and legal documents on the Dark Poutine website. Yep. So what we're talking about is what anybody can find. Yeah. Bowen is a small island municipality just three kilometers from the mainland and is considered a part of Metro Vancouver Oh that I didn't know It's only accessible by boat or ferry mm-hmm. Bowen Island is 12 kilometers long by six kilometers wide and is home to approximately 3700 people It's more
1: people than I thought
0: it's, it's I thought a couple hundred no it's quite a there's quite a community over there. Bowen Island's traditional name, in the squamish language is something that i'm not even going to attempt there's a, a lot of letters in there that i would not even know how to pronounce yeah but i'd love to hear how it's pronounced so yes. if anybody knows how to pronounce it great let us know but apparently it translates to fast drumming oh. which could indicate the sound that the water makes as it goes by mm-hmm. okay. or might relate to drumming exactly we we're not sure yeah. We need some, somebody who is of the indigenous community to explain it to us. And I guarantee you somebody local who's listening probably knows. Will know. So, yeah. yeah, let us know. Bowen is still used by the Squamish and Musqueam people for deer hunting. Oh. So it's still part of their traditional hunting ground. Okay, pardon my
1: ignorance, but um, wouldn't you like eventually run out of deer to hunt on an
0: island, a small island yeah. like that? Well, here's the thing. We used to see deer swimming back and forth to different islands in Nova Scotia all the time. Hmm. So you'd be going along in your in your boat, uh, you know, your cabin cruiser or your sailboat, and you would see something sticking out of the water and you would think, Oh, that's like a, a seal or something. And yeah. You'd get closer and sure enough it was a deer swimming.
1: Like what possesses a deer to be like, Okay, like I've got all this massive force behind me, but let me go jump in this water and see, you know Well, like- you'd have to ask a deer. I will, Mike. I will. I'm, I've had many a conversation with deer.
0: It is quite bizarre, though, coming upon like a deer with a big rack of antlers oh, swimming God. along <laughs> in the water. I imagine. It's, it's really weird. Yeah,
1: because that's not at all what you're expecting to see. Oh, like, is this a log with some branch? Oh, no.
0: It's a deer. Yep. Spanish explorers were the first Europeans to set foot on the island in 1791, naming it Isla de Apodaca, mm. after a Mexican town. Oh, Interesting. In 1860, English Captain George Henry Richards renamed the island after Rear Admiral James Bowen, master of the HMS Queen Charlotte. Okay. Oh, so that's where it got its name. There you go. From Wikipedia, quote, In 1871, homesteaders began to build houses and started brickworks, which supplied bricks to the expanding city of Vancouver. Over the years, local industry has included an explosives factory... Logging, mining, and milling, although there is no heavy industry on the island at present. yeah, I quote. I've, yeah I've always, I've always been under
1: the impression that it's just a quaint little uh, uh, little city town, whatever you want to call it. Like everybody I know who, who goes there. It's like they, they've got like a second home
0: or a cabin there or they just want quiet living. Yeah, lots of people do live there. Uh, like I say, there's 3,700 yeah, permanent yeah. residents. And it's a rural suburb with a more laid-back feel, and that's probably due to the fact of its uh, issues with its accessibility yeah. being only accessible yeah. through water. Many people commute to jobs on the mainland now, although there are many small businesses providing services to island residents and many tourists. So the ferry, do you catch it at the main
1: terminal? Yep. Okay. Yep. And is it, how much does that cost you? I don't know. I can't remember. Because I'm wondering, like, it's
0: such a small jaunt. Is it free? It's not. I don't believe it is free. Huh. Anyways,
1: okay. I can't believe I've never been there and it's
0: like right there. It's also home to a well-known drug rehab center called The Orchard, and it's a pretty high-end place. And it made its home on the picturesque and isolated little island because it was a great place for people to go, and kind of get away. Yeah, it's very isolated, and so yeah.
1: uh, you know, if you're somebody who wants to recover from drugs or booze, yeah, or having
0: that isolation yeah. is probably yeah. fantastic. This isn't an ad for the orchard, but I'm just saying that's one of the places that exist there. Yeah, yeah. I've personally been to Bowen a few times. Not I. Not I, Mike. <laughs> Not a, I. I seriously
1: though, I think I'm going to plan a trip there over the next few months or something because I'd really like to. When, when you've got something so close and so beautiful as I hear, it's silly to not go.
0: We locals uh, typically call it just Bowen, leaving the word island off for brevity. I don't know if I've ever left a, but I you know
1: I I find that.
0: uh. Well, you didn't live on the North Shore, so everybody. Oh, uh, okay, I knew lots yeah. of people who lived there, and they would call it Bowen and. People who lived in North End would we'll call it Bowen. Bowen Island is just like, that's too long.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I find that, uh, and it's probably something that uh, happens to a lot of people, You, when something is so close.
0: Uh, you just don't do it. Yeah,
1: because the, the urgency isn't there. Like, I didn't go to Whistler, really, until probably my late 20s. I never went to Vancouver Island until my mid-20s and stuff. And it wasn't like, I don't want to go, but it's like, yeah, it's there. It's not going anywhere. I'll go check it out when I have time.
0: There have been many films shot on Bowen Island, and one was the 2006 remake of Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage. Oh. I worked on that show as a production assistant and traveled on an early morning shuttle boat to and from the location. Every day? Every day. Wow. Nicolas Cage himself arrived to set via helicopter every day and was picked up by his driver and brought to set.
1: You know what? Good for you, Nick.
0: Good for you, Nick Cage. That's how I
1: would... If I could... And I don't think that's like an arrogant thing it's like if you know like yep. if i could do it I...
0: it actually would save them a lot of time waiting yeah. and waiting on the ferry and in the lineup and all that kind of stuff oh i would so, imagine yeah. yeah the days i was not directly on set i spent watching trucks on the remote dirt roads and in the forest on the island as the crew were closer to the filming location they needed someone to watch their gear uh, okay i spent hours alone in the hot sun often without seeing another car I was struck by how remote that place felt, even though busy West Vancouver is just across the water. Mm, very neat. My time there with the film crew was the summer of 2005, a full four years before Jody Hendrickson went missing. Mm, gotcha. Looking back, I can see, although the island is relatively small, its remote feel and thick woods could possibly provide the place needed to hide a body. Yeah, something about uh, isolated, desolate areas. She could be anywhere over there. Yeah. Let's look at Jody's story a little closer. Jody Henriksen was born on February 23, 1992 to Bob, a longshoreman at the Squamish Port, and Nancy Henriksen. She also had a brother, Rob James, and a younger brother, Dylan. When she was younger, Jody was involved with the Brownies and Guides. Hey. She was close to her... Yeah, exactly. Your girls do that, too. They do. She was close to her family growing up, by all accounts... She was kind, sensitive, and outgoing. She had lots of friends and loved to hang out with them. Sounds great. She was creative, so when she wasn't busy with her pals, she was busy drawing. A few of Jody's friends still hold on to the drawings that they gave her.
1: Oh, my heart.
0: In a 2012 article in Peak Magazine, Jody's brother, Rob, said many of her artworks still adorn the walls of the Henriksen family home. Quote, we have quite a few of them around the house, said Rob, adding that though Jody's room is redecorated, the house is filled with mementos of her. There's pictures of her all over the house still. I guess it's pretty hard on my mom to have to see all of her clothes and different things, end quote. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. Again, you know, I uh... As i do often i picture my kids and violet loves to draw our house is littered with her drawings and so i'm picturing like how that would oh my god family poor family
0: jody enjoyed dressing up for halloween every year one halloween jody and her friends had memorably dressed up like the girl group the pussycat dolls and i saw a picture of it on facebook yeah i man i forgot about the pussycat dolls and i'm not not upset about that (laughs) jody loved a good prank but she had a hard time lying. Some said she was impulsive and not entirely predictable. Liking things spur of the moment. So, as a lot of creative people do. Yeah, I so relate to that. Jody loved her dog, Panda, and would often take another stuffed dog along on their walks. Jody was a decent student, but liked English far more than math. Not that I relate to that at all. Jody had just finished grade 11 at Howe Sound Secondary in Squamish. On the, on the month, she disappeared. And one friend said that Jody loved to cook. Another creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Jody had apparently been considering a career in food at one point. Oh, okay. Jody was a small, pretty, brown-eyed girl with a great smile. She paid attention to her clothes and long, brown hair. Sounds, sounds pretty,
1: pretty normal. Yeah, sounds like a pretty normal and awesome yeah
0: kid. You know, like yeah, a kid you'd be proud to be a parent of. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: There was some darkness in Jody's life too. In the years leading up to her disappearance, Jody's parents and friends had become concerned about her. Mm. Jody had a new boyfriend. His name was Gavin Arnott, and he was a couple of years older. Gavin's mom lived in Squamish, however, Gavin's dad lived on Bowen Island. Jody was spending a lot of time on Bowen and was making new friends. Jody's brother Rob did not like Gavin very much, telling Jody he thought Gavin was an asshole. Simon Fraser University criminologist Neil Boyd, who has looked at the case extensively, wrote a detailed article called Where's Jody Hendrickson for Vancouver Magazine in January 2011. The article provided us with a lot of insight into the history between Jody Henriksen and Gavin Arnott, as well as timelines, according to eyewitnesses that Boyd had spoken with. Oh, okay. Gavin Arnott was a troubled guy at the time that he was seeing Mm -hmm. Jody. From Boyd's article, quote, In early 2009, after a conflict with his mother, who'd separated from his father a decade earlier, Gavin poured lighter fluid on himself and tried to set himself on fire. This led to a stay in a psychiatric ward. Oh, man. Quote.
1: That yeah. is intense.
0: It is super that, intense. Yeah, like, to, if...
1: For trying to harm yourself or, or kill yourself, like, that is a pretty terrifying way. Yeah, self-immolation,
0: wow. they call it. And you don't <sighs> want to go that way like oh. that guy did by uh, the White House the other day. What? I didn't even hear about that. Uh, look it up. Yeah. At this time... Squamish RCMP Constable Christy Moore swore out an affidavit that we have a copy of. It goes, quote, it is not in the interest of Lynn Federick, Gavin's mother, or any other person that Gavin Thomas Arnott have in his possession any firearms, ammunition, or explosive substances, end quote. Hmm. So that leads me to believe that the RCMP was concerned for the safety of Lynn Federick. Yeah, yeah. Whether Lynn was concerned or not, that's another thing. Yep. Because... This is just what the RCMP is saying, right? Exactly. This is from... From their perspective, not Lynn's. Yep. Only a few months later, on April 8th, 2009, a charge of assault was brought against Gavin for an altercation he'd had with Jody. Oh, okay. A court information file we obtained reads, quote, Count one. Gavin Thomas Arnott, on or about the eighth day of April, at or near Squamish, in the province of British Columbia did commit assault of another person, Jody Henriksen, contrary to Section 266 of the Canadian Criminal Code, end quote. Mm. In Neil Boyd's article, Gavin gave his account of what had happened. Oh, so he got to interview Gavin? Yeah. Okay. So there's a a lot of Gavin's own words here. Okay, let's hear. Quote, Gavin said that he called her a pig because she was eating too much of their dinner. She threw a, and this is these are his words. She threw a motorcycle helmet at me. I grabbed her and threw her out of the house, and she went to the police. End quote. The relationship between the two was pretty stormy. Another friend of the couple shared in Neil Boyd's article about another event. Mm. Quote: The friend remembered a camping trip near Pemberton when a group of kids were sitting in a hot tub. Gavin got angry with Jody and began choking her. He wouldn't stop. One of the friends had to intervene, getting Gavin in a headlock and literally throwing him out of the tub. Rob saw his sister a week later, saying she was black and blue down her arms and around her neck from Gavin choking her. End quote. Wow. So, yeah, that's one of the friends saying that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, but he was never charged with that. that, If his friend's recollection is true, that's terrifying. Yeah. On June 5th, 2009, Gavin was found guilty of the assault on Jody Henriksen, only 15 days before Jody went missing. Oh, wow, okay. He was conditionally discharged, subjected to a five-year firearm ban, and sentenced to 18 months of probation with a total of nine conditions he was to adhere to. And the conditions are as follows. 1. Keep the peace and be of good behavior. 2. Appear before the court when required to do so by the court. Three, notify the court or probation officer in advance of any change of name or address and promptly notify the court or the probation officer of any change of employment or occupation. Four, you are to report today to your probation officer at a specified address in North Vancouver and thereafter as and when directed by the probation officer. Five, you are to reside where directed by the probation officer And do not change that residence without the prior written permission of the probation officer. Six, you are not to attend any known place of employment, residence, or place of education of Jody Henriksen. Mm. Seven, you are to have no contact directly or indirectly with Jody Henriksen. Eight, you are not to attend place name redacted, and I'm not sure why. Nine, you are to take and successfully complete... Such counseling as directed by the probation officer, including anger management and respectful relationships. Hmm. So really you, you get a sense of what it's about starting at number six. Right. He is not to have any contact with Jody at no. all. Yeah. And he is also supposed to be taking anger management and they don't want him to have any weapons or anything like that. <laughs> It's a pretty serious um, charge and, and, and precautionary
1: yep. steps that they, they're taking. Mm-hmm. So, they're, the, you know, obviously the, the court deems
0: it a concern. Right. The last public posts on Jody's Facebook profile are from June 6th and 7th, 2009. It seems she was answering questions asked by a friend. You know what the girls do on online. Their friends will a- ask them a bunch of questions about boys and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And then they'll they'll answer in a note. Some of what Jody wrote on her post in June 6 is kind of telling, considering what is presumed to have happened to her only days later. Here are just a few of the most interesting entries. Question: Do you think your ex still loves you? Answer: Yup, he loves me and cries about it every night. Smiley face. Question: Looking back, did you ever waste too much time on a certain boy or girl? Answer: Yeah. Question. If the person who hurt you the most in your life apologized to you and told you that they loved you what would you do answer call the cops question are you self conscious answer ish question could you ever be friends again with somebody that broke your heart answer after time maybe but probably not question think back to your most recent relationship Was it all your fault it's over? Answer, I don't think I would say that. I think we brought out the worst in each other, but ultimately it was his fault. So we don't know who she's talking about. Mm -hmm. We do know she had a recent relationship with Gavin Arnott. So who knows who she's talking about? Yep. You know, only she would know that. Because
1: it didn't mention a name. It right. mentioned X and, you know, yep. the possibility that there was multiple.
0: Yeah. The Henriksons were adamant that Jody should never see Gavin Arnott again. They were hopeful that the assault charge and conviction with the conditions would keep the two apart. Oh, yeah. No, I totally get that. But, yeah,
1: as a parent, like if somebody was charged and convicted of assaulting my
0: one of my daughters... I'm going to be adamant you don't see this person. Yeah. Well, it didn't keep them apart. Of course. The night before Jody went missing, she spent the evening with her brother Rob. From a recent article on the Squamish Reporter website, quote, Jody Henriksen was to go to Bowen Island the next day and they both played video games at their home in Brackendale. So just her and her bro hanging out um, playing yeah. video games. Down like was that? That sounds like a great night. Rob said... She had a very bubbly personality, and I remember she was very positive that night, too. She was going to Bowen Island, and it was just normal conversations. <sighs> Rob could not have imagined that he would never see his sister again. Oh, my heart. quote. Yeah. Shit. Jodi lied to her parents before she left home that day. She told them that she was going to Cultus Lake to camp with friends that weekend, and that she wouldn't be home until Tuesday. Cultus Lake was over two hours away in the Fraser Valley and far away from Bowen Island where Gavin Arnott was. Yep, complete opposite direction. The Henriksons did not feel the need to worry much beyond the usual concerns of parents of a female teen who's going camping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But little did they know. Uh. They had no idea that the typically honest Jody was off to Bowen Island, that when Jody left, this would be the last time they would see her. And we will take a break. When Jody arrived at the party, at a property on Harding Road on Bowen Island, it was already hopping. Among the partygoers, Gavin Arnott was there as well. We're unsure of when the two first interacted that evening or what had transpired between them. Neil Boyd's article gives us the best account of the night's events that I was able to find. Mm, So a lot of this will be directly from Neil Boyd's article. Here's a quote. When Jody arrived at the Harding Place, the party was already in full swing. Gavin remembered that he was, quote, super drunk. He'd had about 12 Coronas and a Mickey. And for those of you who don't know what a Mickey is, it's uh, Canadian for pint. And he threw up all over the deck. Wow. Cleaning up the mess, he soaked his pants with the hose. He staggered out to his father's truck, where he had clean clothes. He drove back toward the house, and his friend, Cole Dallas, said that the truck almost hit the house. (sighs) Cole recalled, we pulled him out of the car and duct taped him to a pole so he couldn't drive anymore. (laughs) It's what teenagers do, you know. But like 12 Coronas and a Mickey. That's a lot of booze. That's to get behind the wheel. Wow. Cole thought it was pretty funny, recalled Gavin. I was pretty wasted. I also had a fight with Doug after that. He punched me on the jaw. A little later, he put me to bed. I think it was probably sometime before midnight, end quote. Hmm. About eight kilometers away, Cole's sister was having a party in a small subdivision that locals call Leroyville. And it's called Leroyville because... All the houses kind of look the same, and they were built by a guy named Leroy. Oh, okay. After seeing Gavin duct taped to the pole, Jody made her way back to the other party for for a while. So mm-hmm. the one in Leroyville. Mm-hmm. In the wee hours of the morning, Jody bummed a ride back to the Harding Road party. There, she found Gavin sleeping where his friends had left him. Jody woke him, and the two started talking. And this is this. From, get, like, Gavin confirms all this? Yep. Wow, okay. All right. Jody and Gavin snagged a ride back toward Leroyville, so people are seeing them together, together all yep. along this way. Okay. Gavin's dad was renoing a house there. The person who drove them back only took them as far as Snug Cove, and Jody and Gavin started walking the rest of the way. Okay. At 4.30 a.m., a friend spotted Jody and Gavin holding hands and walking along Grafton Road near the elementary school. The friend who'd been coming from the Harding Road party pulled over and chatted with the couple. Okay. Gavin asked for a ride for he and Jody, but the friend declined, saying he was tired and he had to get up the next day to go to the city, so he had to go home and hit the hay.
1: So, yeah, there's that, that lots of confirmation, you know, people talking to them. And seeing, seeing them the, together. Yeah, yep. yeah, so that's not speculation. No. That's, like, confirmed. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: From Neil Boyd's article... Jody and Gavin walked down towards Snug Cove, then up the aptly named Seven Hills on Miller Road. Close to the turnoff, close to the turnoff to Miller's Landing, a young couple driving to an early ferry noticed Gavin and Jody by the side of the road. That was at about 6:30 a.m. on Saturday, June 20th, 2009. Jody Henriksen has not been seen since. End quote. So that was the absolute last sighting of her. a.m. With him at the side of the road, okay. By anyone other than Gavin. It was on Wednesday, June 24, 2009, that Jody's parents reported her missing to police. Corporal Dave Ritchie of the Squamish RCMP said, Investigators firmly believe that she is still on the island. RCMP checked ferry records and video surveillance several times, and Ritchie said further... There's nothing to indicate that she left the island, even though she was down close to the to the ferry terminal, well, relatively close.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the positives about having such a remote uh, area is it can be relatively easy to track uh, activity. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's only a few points of travel. I mean, unless somebody hopped on a boat later on, but it's very very limited uh, points uh, of access so yeah you, video
0: witnesses contrary to some media reports teenagers did begin to talk early in the investigation most were extremely helpful to police early on there was a rumor that kids weren't talking to the cops but oh, they, they okay. totally were okay some people felt that jody had left the island and just taken off with someone jody's family and friends thought otherwise and obviously so did the police they thought something had happened to her and pleaded with the public for any information. The Facebook group Let's Find Jodi Henriksen was created by family and began to grow steadily to over 400 members in just a few days. Well, then this would have been pretty early on in the Facebook days, too. Yeah, it's over like 3,500 now. Yeah. The fact that Jody did not contact anyone, especially her mom in the days after her disappearance, was concerning. Her activity on Facebook dried up completely, it was out of character for Jody to just vanish. She was a very chatty girl. Yeah, and it it didn't seem like she had
1: any challenges with her parents m- more so than any other teenager, You're right? You know, it doesn't so it, it I don't get the feeling that she's like, I hate my mom. I'm not talking to her. So I I can see how for them that would be incredibly out of character.
0: There are some unsubstantiated things that I've read about her having trouble at home, but that is a hundred percent unsubstantiated. And, so, and every kid, every kid at some point has some conflict with their
1: parents. Uh, you know, I, I expect the day where Mike is, I hate you because I didn't give them, uh, you know, food. F- <laughs> <laughs> they can get their own damn food, but because, you know, you, you, you have to be a parent. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm going to trust the parents when they, if they're saying that, they're, you know, it's out of character for her to go missing in zero contact.
0: Yeah. On Canada Day, July 1st, 2009, Bowen TV obtained video and audio from police officials and others involved in the search for Jodi Henriksen. Here's some of their audio obtained from their YouTube channel.
2: 11 now and nobody's heard or seen from Jody for 11 days which is very unusual and we've spoken to a lot of island residents and a lot of acquaintances and friends who were at the parties involved and uh, we're getting tremendous cooperation and great caring from all people and uh, everyone's just hopeful we can find Jody and get her home. We've had an investigative team on Bowen Island since uh, since Thursday the 25th and uh, now on day 11 on July 1st we're utilizing more search and rescue organizations and teams. We're utilizing police service dogs out of the Lower Mainland and the uh, police helicopter from the Lower Mainland to continue searches and the investigative team is remaining here on the island and assisting the Bowen Island Detachment with the investigation. Uh, we'll be doing in and out residential property, speaking to residents and doing door knocks and. Uh, there will be dog teams searching as well, and the helicopter is going to do some searching around certain areas on the island. At this point, we haven't categorized it or taken any direction other than missing person. We haven't ruled out play. we haven't ruled out accidental, or we haven't ruled out any medical issues completely. And until we do and get evidence or clues to go in one direction, we will remain it as a missing person case at this point.
0: So tell us about the uh, search efforts today.
1: Uh, well, this is the second day that
0: uh, Search and Rescue's been over here. So, North Shore Rescue, we've asked for support from the uh, Lions Bay and Coquitlam Search and Rescue. And actually, uh, we have a search dog from the Avalanche
2: Association here also. But working with the RCMP and all their different sections,
0: uh, we, we, we started on Sunday searching areas and uh, some steep terrain areas and other areas around Bowen. And today, we're searching this area in the northern part of the island at their request, but tell us about this area. Tell us about the terrain. And... Well, it's not difficult terrain at all. It's mainly it's in a residential area, um, and teams are going in just to check the properties.
1: The community has been um, very supportive and very cooperative, and uh, that's actually been very helpful to the investigation. And uh, you know, it's times like this when people uh, uh, and people in a small community, when they band together and they come together. Uh, that uh, we, uh, we the police uh, and the public uh, when we all have the same objective and that's to find Jody uh, it greatly increases our chances of success so to your viewers uh, and those who have called and those who have uh, um, assisted us in the investigation uh, on behalf of the RCMP thank you very much it's been very helpful um, and once again I can't say this enough if anybody has any information about Jody,
2: uh, please give uh, the RCMP on Bowen Island a call.
0: So there you go. It sounds like they were really... Uh, diligent. Yeah. They threw a lot of resources into the search for, you can hear for, the, for the, Jody. You can hear the helicopters constantly uh, yeah. above. Yeah. That's, it's why I used that audio because I, I felt like it gave a really good indication of the yeah. amount of resources that were yeah. thrown yeah. at finding Jody Henriksen. Yeah,
1: yeah, you really get the impression
0: that they weren't taking it. Uh, oh, she just ran away. Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, taken seriously. Yeah, Gavin Arnott was publicly identified early on as a person of interest in Jody's disappearance. On July second, two thousand nine, beside a photo of Gavin and Jody, a huge headline in the province newspaper read. Ex-boyfriend denies role in teen's disappearance. Can you imagine? You're 19 years old and you are accused of having a role in your girlfriend's disappearance and possible uh, murder. Yeah, on, on the cover of a major newspaper. Yeah. So everybody saw it. Yeah. In the accompanying article, Gavin Arnott said, According to police, I was the last person to see her, which puts me in a really bad spot because it makes me look like I did something. Okay, well, that's a a, a very, uh... Absolutely. Gavin claimed that he had seen Jody even after he'd been sentenced for the assault. He said she tricked him into a meeting in a park near her home in Brackendale. Also from the province article, quote, she yelled to me, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to tell the police you did talk to me. He said she kind of blackmailed me, but I didn't have a problem with it either. I really missed her a lot. After their encounter on Bowen, Arnott said, I didn't see if she walked off or what happened. She'd been talking earlier that night about, like, me taking my dad's truck and running away with her. She was drunk, right? And I don't know if she would have actually carried that out or not. End quote. Arnott went on to say that he had nothing to do with her disappearance and that he hoped Jody was okay and that he would never do anything to hurt Jody again. So, he was even owning up to the previous assault.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, he was. Yep, he was. And he's uh, saying the things one should say. Yep. He's being forthright
0: about, yeah, I was with her. and Gavin had been interviewed by police for at least eight hours in the days after Jody's disappearance. Neil Boyd's article gives Gavin's account of his movements after he claims he walked away from Jody without looking back. Oh, I'm interested. Quote, He said he went to his father's rental house where he was supposed to work that morning, taking out insulation. He said he slept at the rental house for about an hour, then hitchhiked back to Doug Harding's house. At about 8.30 a.m., Gavin was picked up near the school by a young woman who worked at the orchard, the treatment facility, for people with substance abuse problems. Gavin said he walked from the orchard to Doug Harding's, about a kilometer away, and picked up his father's truck. He said he packed up some empties and cleaned up after the party, but didn't see anyone. Quote, I was there, I was, pr- quote, I was probably there about 30 minutes, then I drove back to my dad's rental house and worked on pulling out the insulation. A little after 11 a.m., Gavin arrived at the Legion. There was a memorial service for a local Bowen Islander who had died the previous week after decades of heavy drinking. Todd, A friend of Gavin's remembered that Gavin got to the service a little late. I could hear the truck arrive outside and he looked pretty messed up, Todd said. A friend of Jody's from West Vancouver also remembered seeing Gavin at the service. Quote, he was staring at the ground. He had his head in his hands. He looked very messed up. After the service, Gavin went to the Bowen Island pub for lunch. Quote, I ordered some potato skins, he said, but I couldn't eat them because my jaw was still sore from Doug hitting me. I went to the pharmacy and got a protein shake, end quote. Another friend recalled seeing Gavin at the pub in the early afternoon. He looked, quote, fucked up, she told one of her friends. That night, Gavin slept over at Doug Harding's house, and the next day, he returned to his mother's place in Squamish, end quote.
1: Yeah, a lot of people saying that he looked like hell, but having said that... He's going to a funeral. And by everybody's admission, including his... He was tanked. He like he he you he know like the, and, and night, he got yeah. he got punched and stuff like so if you go to like a a, a party for, throughout the night and you taped to a pole and stuff like like you're gonna look rough. Yeah. So that's not something that really can be looked at in one way or another. Like that's he. That that's not really something that can be looked at one way or another. Like it's just it's anything in most people in that situation would have looked like hell.
0: Yeah. On July 3, 2009, Lynn Federick, Gavin's mum, leapt to his defense in the media, claiming Jody was the one causing the problems in the relationship. Lynn said Jody was trouble with a capital T and was, quote, a bad influence on Gavin. She went on to say she thought Jody had simply run away. It's unfortunate. I wish she just wouldn't have made those comments, but. I get that she had to come to her 20-year-old yeah. son's defense. No, but for sure. I would think that Jody's family, concerned for their daughter's well-being, had to have been hurt by those allegations. Like, yeah. At, I, that's not the appropriate time for that, I don't think.
1: And you're, and you're spot on, though. Like, it, it, uh, you would want to leap to the defense of your children. Yeah. But uh, it's unfortunate, the words that
0: she chose. And the timing was just poor. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Randy, Gavin's dad, is a volunteer fireman on Bowen Island and the co-owner of Twin Island Excavating. Oh, okay. According to Neil Boyd's 2011 article, Randy was informed by police that they believed Gavin had actually murdered Jody on the morning of June 20th around Miller Road between 6.30 and 8.30 a.m. They thought that he had stashed her in brush nearby
1: so that's what the police told Randy? Yes. Wow,
0: okay. They surmised that Gavin had returned to Jody's body around 9 a.m. with Randy's truck that Mm. he'd gone to pick up, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: moving and dumping her somewhere before heading to the memorial service at the Legion.
1: Interesting, okay.
0: Randy himself told Neil Boyd that he'd checked on his excavators after talking to police. Gavin knew how to operate them. Wow. Randy said he was relieved when he found them untouched. Randy has said in many interviews after that he does not believe that Gavin had anything to do with Jody going missing. The search for Jody Henriksen eventually wound down. There was no trace of her, but her family still wants answers. There's even the faintest hope that Jody is still alive and out there somewhere. Maybe she really did run away, but...
1: My question, and I don't know if you stumbled across it during your research, so Randy checked Uh, the excavators and stuff like that i'm assuming the police must have done their due diligence and and checked
0: all of that stuff as well apparently they did and they checked properties nearby for signs of digging with an excavator yeah yeah nothing okay unusual yeah (sighs) yeah it's not a cold case to jody's family obviously nor is it to police yeah because it keeps coming back it keeps coming back in the news too even a year later july 2010 police were back in the area near where jody had last been seen with gavin from squamishchief.com quote investigators are processing several bags worth of material gathered saturday july 17th after volunteers police and search and rescue workers combed the bowen island locale believed to be the last place Missing Squamish teen Jody Hendrickson was seen more than a year ago. It's unclear whether progress was made during the search of the Seven Hills area, which is off a main road and characterized by underbrush and vegetation about 30 feet from an embankment leading to water, end quote. So they're probably looking for shreds of clothing, yeah. any anything that would indicate that Jody had been there even for a brief period of time. Yeah, yeah. Near the end of Neil Boyd's January 2011 article are some words from Gavin Arnott. Quote, Gavin himself acknowledged that people on Bowen were at first very suspicious of him, but it's died down, he said. Boyd asked him, do you see why people think you're the person who's most likely to have killed her? And Gavin said, yeah, I get that. I'd feel suspicion of someone in the same circumstances as me. Oh, that's, yeah, End okay. quote. Yeah. Yeah. So he—he, I mean, he's owning that. He's yeah, he's not running away from that. Yeah, the problems weren't over for Gavin though. Just months after talking to Neil Boyd, he was in trouble again in May of 2011, from a breaking news article on the CTV News website. Quote: CTV News learned this week that Arnott has now been charged with sexual interference and possession of child pornography for allegedly keeping illicit photographs of a 14-year-old on his cell phone and computer. Oh, jeez. This renewed hope for the Henriksen family, but once again there was no new leads in regard to Jody's whereabouts. These two things aren't connected. Yeah. In February 2012, according to another CTV breaking news article, Gavin Arnott was arrested and held for breaching his bail conditions. Quote, Court documents accuse him of contacting a 14-year-old girl who he allegedly had sex with. He had been charged with sexual interference and in child pornography for allegedly keeping illicit photographs of the girl. The age of consent in Canada is 16. This is the second time the young man has allegedly violated his bail conditions. End quote. <laughs> so he was held until trial on the pornography and sexual interference charges later that month but we're unsure of the outcome of that trial due to the age of the complainant. The details are under publication ban. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that. And aside
1: from the, the case we're covering, he has been charged and convicted
0: of some pretty terrible things. This guy has done some bad things, Yep. but none of those things equal yes. murder. Yes. None it, of those things equal for sure. Kidnapping somebody for sure. There is no physical evidence. Yeah. To prove that he did anything to Jody other than the previous assault. And people will speculate. It's, it's what humans do. But um,
1: going just by the facts, he's not charged with anything.
0: That's right. This brings us to today. According to Gavin's Facebook page, he's moved on. He's a father now and spends time with his friends partying, fishing, and boating. Hmm. Gavin's story is an interesting one. Yes, he's had some legal entanglements. He's done some things that make him look like a bad guy, but there has been zero physical evidence presented that would implicate him in the slightest regarding Jody Henriksen's disappearance and supposed murder. Any evidence implicating him is 100% circumstantial and wouldn't stand up in a court of law. So perhaps one day Jody will be found and we'll get some answers. Perhaps the evidence might even point to somebody else perhaps uh,
1: we have all heard and seen cases yep where it just seems so crystal clear who it is and
0: it turns out to not be
1: yeah, well, we have to go by what we have which is
0: just circumstantial. there's no evidence about what happened to Jody Hendrickson yep. after 6:30 a.m. that morning that we're aware of the police may have something that they're holding back unlikely but... but you know again that's all that's all
1: just guessing and that's all just yep. uh, speculation
0: yeah. I have a feeling that the police are holding something back. Yeah. Which, you know, would make sense. Maybe when they did that search near that place, they actually did find something. Yep. Why would they be searching there a year later?
1: Yeah. For sure. For sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, my. my oh. But again. Yeah. My overall takeaway from this is the families. Yeah you know, uh, again, it's a tough thing. And I know I, I beat
0: this both the families. Yeah.
1: well, uh, Yeah. That's why I said, family. yeah. Uh, you know, I know I beat this uh, horse to death already, but it's just, it, it as a parent, like it's just, I, I can't think of much worse than your child going missing or, or, or killed, you know, both of those things. Like,
0: oh. but then also,
1: and having your child, uh, accused as well. Mm-hmm. I, I wish his mom hadn't said those things, but again, uh, Having your child accused of
0: taking somebody's life, that'll alter your family. We want to remind you again of the facts of this case, because at the end of the day, Jodi Henriksen is still missing 10 years later. yeah. At the time of her disappearance, Jodi Henriksen was 17 years old. She's a Caucasian female with long, dark brown hair, a small build, and she stood approximately 5'3". She was last seen wearing a black leather jacket, black long-sleeved shirt and blue jeans. Our hope is that releasing this podcast so near the anniversary of Jody Henriksen's disappearance will jog someone's memory or even nudge someone's conscience. We're actually recording this on the 10th anniversary of the party. Hmm. If you know something, anything at all, that might help or even bring Jody home, the police and Jody's family want to hear from you. The Integrated Homicide Team IHIT Tip Line number is 1 877 551 IHIT or 4448. The team's email is IHITTipline at rcmp grc.gc.ca. Anonymous tips can be left with Crime Stoppers at 1 800 222 8477 or tips can be shared through solvecrime.ca. A cash reward of up to $2,000 will be paid for any information which leads to an arrest and charge. We'll leave all the information in our show notes this week, too, for contact. But, again, if you saw anything the morning of June twentieth, two 2009, on Bowen Island, around 6.30 a.m., and have something that you'd like to talk to the police about that you overheard or maybe know that happened later, please let them know. Let's give the family some closure. I don't know if closure is even really a thing. No,
1: you're, it's not. But
0: but it answers. Yes,
1: that's that's the perfect phrase. Let's yeah. let's give the family some answers because the purgatory is exactly it, is the worst. That
0: what happened. Yeah, and it feels like that. It feels like a purgatory. I'm sure to them.
1: Yeah, uh, you know. So at least to be able to know which direction to move in. Yeah. It, it, it is is something powerful and let's let's please let's let's try to get the family what they what they so need
0: that's it for this week's story one thing i'm always concerned when the police have somebody in mind and they like i say they may know far more than we do yeah
1: there's typically reasons why they have a macro focus on somebody yeah. but
0: but we, it, we've also seen cases where they've been wrong exactly like look at uh, damian Eccles. Oh yeah, you yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. They had a b- laser focus on that guy as the bad guy. Yep. And he he was an interesting cat like he self-proclaimed like satanist and doing all kinds of yep. just a weird dude. Yep. And, correct. And intentionally weird. Yep. So why not like that guy stands out. You know? Yep. Yep. But This is a, this is a bit of a different situation. Yeah, and
1: in the same vein, we're not absolving anybody sometimes the focus is deserved but again in this is a case where
0: this is unsolved there's just
1: yeah (sighs) this is why i don't like to do unsolved yeah this is a i mean i'm glad we're covering this one this is an important one i think to cover for us
0: and we're gonna do some more uh we're just we're more concerned we don't want to paint somebody as guilty because we're not we try our best to not be speculators right
1: you know we we try to cover cases where it's we've got the We've got the facts, including yeah. the closure, like cl- include cl- including what happened, yeah. and, and so when you're just left hanging, that leads
0: to speculation. Yeah, that's all that does. Is and lead. so we know that lots of people are going to speculate on this case, but try and keep in mind the facts that you have. Yes, armchair detectives are going to say so and so or so and so did it, yeah. but guess what? You honestly don't know yep. until somebody is convicted in a court of law. And sometimes, even that yes, you know you still don't know yeah. it's it's uh it's an interesting world that we live in
1: yeah, yeah it really is everybody ha- now has a voice as well yeah, so everybody can post and, and share like that, it's an interesting time because you know, in the past you would have ideas and speculation, and you could what tell your friends yeah, and now you can share this stuff everywhere, and that can change.
0: dynamics
1: of things and so it
0: damage somebody's life absolutely and absolutely we we don't want to do that and that's why we're sharing only things that uh, are readily available on a
1: google search not anything we thought or think
0: nope (laughs) none of this is new and and i'm sure if even if gavin listens to this none of this is new to him either so i don't think he'll be surprised by anything that we've said here
1: yep Yep. Yeah. We're you know we we're trying our best. We're trying our damnedest to, we to be as objective as possible in presenting uh, a tragic case.
0: We want somebody to be found. At, it, at the end absolutely. of the day, at the end of the day, it's like we said before. We just want answers for the family for Jody's family. Yeah, that's it. Well, and Gavin's family as well. Yeah. Well, sure. If it turns out that uh, Gavin, uh, through evidence, is absolved all the better you know or
1: if it was the other way too at least it, people have they could they know directions to go
0: some finality
1: yeah you can say okay well this sucks but i need to process it yeah you know uh and at least i know nobody's left in limbo
0: and in purgatory no that's a great word for it is that purgatory it really i mean it, that is what it is neither of us are religious folk. no no uh yeah yeah Scott and I, if we walked into a church, it would burn to the ground, I think pretty much oh, he's instantly. just walking past them they they I see smoke <laughs> you see smoke coming yeah. out of the church yeah yeah it's uh yeah they yeah they they probably would not not allow people
1: us people there. open the door and hiss at me
0: hiss at yeah. you <laughs> and when oh, I walk, wow. yeah well, that's it for this week's case. Woo! Um, let's move on. let's uh, do that because what I would love to do is thank our patrons for this week those wonderful people that's that isn't speculation no that is fact it is fact because they uh are kind enough to want to help us out so we actually have two new pms this week holy crackers we have valerie roberts from vermilion alberta Oh, that sounds like. Thank a, you so much. Yeah, thank you, I like I ver, like Vermillion. I like Vermilion. It
1: sounds like that. Like that would be a bad guy in the Disney movie. Black uh, my Hole. name is Vermilion. Oh, no, I'm thinking a robot, but that's because <gasps> it was Maximilian. But you yeah. know exactly.
0: And then we also have. Uh, Nick Mohar Schurz of Williamsport, Maryland. Wow. So Thank two you guys. PMs. You guys, Thank Valerie you. and Nick, you're awesome. Oh. And Nick, I'm sorry. I probably just slaughtered your name to pieces. I think people you know, hope that you slaughtered their name at this point. Yeah.
1: Because they know it's coming. There you go. They know it's coming. They can't be like, no, Mike's great with pronunciations.
0: Yep. Because <laughs> they know I'm not. Correct. Uh, Christina Lemke- from Grand Prairie, Texas. I didn't know Whoa. there was a Grand Prairie in How Texas. How many Grand Prairies are there? Well, I guess anywhere there's two. a prairie, there's yeah. a grand there's something grand. Uh, well you must think. Debatable. Bev Murphy from Stillwater Lake, Nova Scotia. Thank you, Bev. Thank oh, you. I love seeing Nova Scotians support our show. Yeah. I don't you know, it just uh it makes me homesick every time. They're, I want to come home and have some donairs. Their tourism board should be throwing some cash away. Well, Nova Scotia is the greatest place to go in the summer. It is beautiful.
1: Yeah. Well, beautiful. I
0: want to go. If you've never seen it, a search for Carter's Beach in Nova Scotia Ooh. online, and you'll see one of the most beautiful places. But it used to be a bit of a secret now it's not so much, oh, so it's Mike. really
1: super hard to
0: find parking.
1: Mike, as Apple's uh, top ten podcasts to <laughs> uh, for the
0: this year, you've just the the secret is no longer, Mike. There you go. Oh, and. So these two people have the same address, Bev Murphy and Chris Davey. Uh, Oh, let's hope it's
1: just coincidence. Like they live in a basement suite and they, you know, like they just, they, I want to go with, it's just coincidence.
0: They're both from Stillwater Lake. So uh, another Nova Scotian, I am so proud of our Nova Scotian listeners. repping. You guys are the bomb.com. Claire Hewitt from Surrey. Great Britain.
1: Ah oh, you oh uh, I was uh, all I was I was excited. I'm like a local uh,
0: Great Britain. But still beautiful place. Yes. It's our sister Surrey. Our sister Surrey. Oh. Yes, exactly. Oh. Well there you go. Matthew Gafford. Oh where is he from, Scott? From Gaffordsville. Gaffordsville. So yep. did his family found Gaffordsville? No, you would think that they would have, but they didn't.
1: They didn't. Is, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it's, it's very much a coincidence. Um, and what does Matthew do for a living? Oh, Matthew, he uh, oddly works at Guilford Mall.
0: That's British Columbia
1: here yeah. in Surrey. No, I
0: know. This, what a commute. What Does he use a TARDIS or some kind of weird teleportation device? This no, is ridiculous. Mike head- where is Gaffordville?
1: It it it's in Louisiana.
0: We just came from Louisiana I know. so you're just making shit up.
1: Mike I don't do that. This is all fact. We just talked to we don't speculate here in Dark Poutine. So I'm just speaking the truths, the facts. Speaking the nonsense. Ma- Matthew will he will he will speak up and tell me how accurate I am, Mike, and then and then you will eat your words. Okay. Right, Matthew.
0: We'll fight. Sure. We'll fight in the good fight. Fight in the good fight. Uh, Shell Williams from Newark, Delaware, oh, in the United States. Oh. It's a Delaware. Delaware. We we do have other another listener from Delaware, uh, my friend Katie. Oh, okay. She's she's from Delaware. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least two. Yeah. Representing. Represent Delaware. And finally, not last, but not least, Sarah Paradis from Shelburne, Ontario. Shelburne. Interesting. Oh. So I didn't know there was a Shelburne in Ontario because there's a Shelburne in Nova Scotia. Shelburne. Shelburne. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Are we, um, my mom, well, I had to, oh, he wasn't a stepdad, but my mom dated a fellow who lived with us for like eight years. That was the same last name. Interesting. I wonder. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: How is your mom, Scott? Great. I think. I never hear from her on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I think she's forgotten about us. Uh, probably so. Right,
1: rightly so. rightly, rightly so? so. She, my, my daughters will be going to spend some time with her next week. Okay. So that, that, that they're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. She's looking forward to it. Excellent. My, my kids love spending time with, with my mom. They'll probably go there for a good week or so in the summer as well. They, they. I think I've only met your mom once. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to go take a jaunt out there then. Yeah. Because love... one of the one of the people who live in her complex and her co-op, last time I was there, she's like, my mom was like, oh, and this is my son. She's like, oh, the dark boutique. Oh, I love your show. and stuff. So imagine if we're both there.
0: She'll have her. like a little meet up at your mom's yeah. place. But we, no, we should try to make a drive out there. Yeah, for sure. Just
1: go hang out. My mom loves White Spot. We can all go to White Spot and drink the milkshakes and die. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much to our patrons, past and present, for your pledges. We really appreciate your support of the show. Mm-hmm, if you want mm-hmm. to help support the show, do it. Do it. You can do so at patreoncom darkpoutine, or you can send us some donut money via PayPal at our email address, gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you don't already, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribe to the show. You can easily find us on iTunes, Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your on-demand audio. Check out our website darkpoutine.com for show notes and other cool stuff. Give us a follow or like on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Dark Poutine. Tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. I say it every week. Yeah, and it's a fact. Come join our multiple Facebook groups. We now have, uh, the, uh, Dark Poutine's safe, safe space or safe place.
1: Which is one of the most... I haven't been active in Common, just Life is Busy, but I've been reading and what a beautiful place that is. We have people sharing uh,
0: some pretty, pretty amazing, powerful stories. Yeah. and uh, So we saw some people were sharing some really personal things in our main uh, group. And so we wanted to give them kind of a safe space off to the side where they can have really good conversations with each other. And you know what? We have so many kind people that oh. are, you know, helping each other out and like just, you know, being an ear for somebody. Yep. So
1: if you're not interested in helping somebody through a tough time or you want to criticize yeah, stay or po- <laughs> stay the fuck out, <laughs> we will we will block your ass so quickly. The, the last thing we want is for people Opening up and being vulnerable. We're just ask him for trolls just so we uh, man, well.
0: <laughs> and then we'll boot them. Yeah. We did get a couple of voicemails this week, and here's the first one.
2: Gay and diamond hoot shysin'. At least that's what you said to say on your radio or podcast. Uh, I love your show. I just wanted to let you know that a uh, guy from uh, Oregon likes the Canadian crime stories and... It makes me feel like I'm not too far south into the craziness of uh, California, and yet uh, knowing that there's still craziness up north, I enjoy that quite a bit. Every week, I check the new uh, episode, and uh, I have been up there, never saw any weirdness while I was there, but uh, I do love Vancouver, BC Island, Victoria, Empress Hotel, and uh, anyway, keep up the good work. Um, and, uh, enjoy your podcast. Keep it going. My name's Dave.
0: So there you go. Thanks,
1: Dave. Dave. So we got a. a I'm assuming that was, we asked for a German go shit in your hat. Yes. So I'm assuming that's what he said. He
0: did give us instantly a German go shit, go, in, your go shit in your hat. So yeah. thanks Dave. Much appreciated. Uh, it's and, not every day you have somebody tell you to go shit in your hat in German.
1: It's not, thankfully. Yeah. And, and come back up, Dave, come back up someday. We'll all hang. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oregon's
0: not that far. Give us uh, a big heads up when you're coming, and we will be able to uh, accommodate a, a bit of a meetup. Don't don't, yeah, don't just say, "Hey, I'm here," because we might not be. <laughs> we yeah, exactly. Yeah, always give us a big heads up if you're coming up here. But and, we love we love getting to to spend time
1: with uh, the people who care about us.
0: Well. Oh, the people who listen. I don't know if they care about us, yeah. but they do listen to us. No, that
1: was a good qualifier, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, here's another one. Oh, massage, let's, let's a voice massage. And th- this one, this one is a is a this this one is a really short one, oh. and it is from uh, somebody in Prince George. Oh, PG, the George, and she has a uh, message for us. Hi, this is Kelly from Prince George, British Columbia. You guys should go tinkle on your tiaras. <laughs> well, there you go. She wants us to go tinkle on our tiaras. Oh,
1: I've never heard of that. I, I, it's, a t- good, it's
0: a good counterpart to shit in your hat. Go tinkle
1: on your tiara? Yeah. How yeah. does she know I have tiaras? I I don't know. Wow, concerning. I mean, Prince George is close. Has she been spying?
0: That Scott has a tiara.
1: Yeah, and so. I, but I have yet to tinkle on it.
0: Yes, but I look super pretty in it. You look super pretty in your tinkly tiara. <clears throat> pre tinkle. Pre tinkle. <laughs> yeah, pre tinkle. Oh boy. <laughs> so yes, we we said we would play your voicemails if you left us some. So so there's one. Keep doing and, it. Or there's two. There's two. Yeah, that's that's math, Mike. Yeah. I, I
1: shouldn't be the one correcting
0: anybody on math. <sighs> I'm sorry. So that's it for this week. It is correct. Yes. Don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple. Too. Bye everybody. Bye.